Shalom everybody. We have a dedication, a few dedications today. First of all, the class is in memory of the art side of the big tzaddik, the Magid of Mizrich. His yard side today, Yutet Kislev. So that's a Dov Bear, Ben Rav Avraham. And also, the class is dedicated in memory of Yehuda, Rav Yehuda Ben Moshe and Rachel. Okay. We're going to be continuing with the Kutim Moran, Lesson 24. We're in the middle of paragraph number five. Before we go on, there's just some things we want to recap and also restress. We said in the very beginning of this lesson that the tendency of the mind of a, of a human being, of a Jew, is to run after what's called the Or Insof. Hashem is called the infinite light. Big question. Why am I taught that Hashem is called the infinite light? Why do I care? In other words, isn't it enough just to say that there's a God and that's it? Why this term, this is this concept that Hashem is infinite? <laughs> just say Hashem and that's enough for me. Maybe, you know, Ad Aleph Dalit Nun Yud, Tzvakot, Shaddai, Elohim. I understand there's explanation on that, on Hashem's majesty, his, uh, his rulership, his control. I understand that. But what's in Sof? What does it mean that Hashem is called the infinite one? In the infinite light, because that, that's him. That's how Darizal explains it. He's infinite. What, is, what, what, is it, what does it do for me? So I remember seeing somewhere, I don't know exactly where, Rav Nossin possibly in the Kutel because everything's in the Kutel Achot. Rav Nossin says like this, when we say that Hashem is infinite, that means... Hashem's level of compassion and his net is infinite. Meaning what? No matter what you say, no matter if you throw at Hashem, Hashem, I'm the worst person in the world in this, and your subconscious is telling you, it's finished with me. I Look how I am. Look what I've done. Look what I'm going through in my life. I'm never going to make it. So Hashem says, you know what? My net is past that. I've had compassion for people even worse than you. Rav Nossin once said, an analogy, Rav Nossin said, that once there was a man who stood in the middle of the marketplace and he announced, anybody who's sick and has a problem, come to me right now. So there's a lineup of people. One guy says, my elbow hurts. So he said, my elbow hurts as twice as much as yours. My feet are killing me and I have stomach pain. My feet are hurting worse than yours and my stomach pain is worse than yours. And every person that they threw, they said something, he said, I'm worse than you. So they asked him, so why did you tell us to come to you? What is it all? So he said, I'm sicker of you i'm worse than all of you but i know someone who can help me and all the more so help you guys so nelson said about himself i'm worse off than all of you he said to all the people he said i'm much my neshama is really really sick i need i forgot the pasuk he brought from echa he brought a pasuk from echa uh, about how he was vexed he was suffering more than other people he felt pain especially when rabbi passed away it just, so you should know a little bit that when Rabbeinu passed away on Chai Tishrei, uh, the Hasidim, the closest students were in the room and they're all standing and crying and bawling their eyes out. Nussim was the only one who lied down next to the Rebbe on the floor when his body was already laid on the ground. And he started whispering into his ear everything that he couldn't tell him in his lifetime. It was just pouring out. And he explained why was that, that he was able to express himself to the other ones? Because he felt the pain of his Averot and his suffering and his ups and downs like more than they did. So in line with that, we're listening to sing in this analogy. I'm worse than all of you, but I know someone who can help me. In other words, we're talking about Rabbi Nachman. He can help me, and all, all the more so he can help you guys. This idea with Ein Sof also. That Hashem's compassion, no matter how bad you may be, no matter how upside down you are, how crooked you are, Hashem's compassion bypasses that. It's past that. You, you, we think, you know, Hashem has a limit. Hashem says, okay, Adkan, you know, a child does something once, twice, 10 times, but he says, do it 500 times, say enough already, I can't, I can't anymore. Hashem's compassion doesn't run out. Like even 500 times, if you are still sincere and you still want to give it a shot, Hashem is there. But don't give up for Hashem. You understand the idea? Don't give up because, you know, I assume Hashem already gave up on me. So for sure, for sure it's over with me. Don't, don't do that. Hashem's compassion is endless. That's why it's called Ein Sof. He's called Ein Sof. Because his compassion goes way 
past whatever you may have done, there have been worse people in history who have done even worse. The, the classic example is Nebuzaradan, the chief general of Nebuchadnezzar. He came to the Bayt Rishon and he saw the blood of Zechariah the Kohen, who's buried in Haraz 18, bubbling. But he said, ah, it's bubbling. And he, and he, he went, he clarified with the Kohen whose blood it was. He found out it was the blood of someone who they killed on Yom Kippur. It was Yom Kippur. So he said, okay, I see that he wants revenge. So he started shechting all the people available and the blood wouldn't stop bubbling until he shechted a few hundred thousand people and poured the, their blood on that blood to stop it bubbling. And Zechariah's blood wouldn't stop bubbling. So then he said, Hashem, you want me to wipe out the whole Jewish community? You want me to kill if that's what you want, Hashem, I'll do. But enough, if you want vengeance, isn't it enough? As soon as he said that, the blood stopped. And he, he made a kalva homer on himself. If this were the blood of one Jew, so I killed now hundreds and thousands of Jews, what's waiting for me? So the Gemara says that he fled in the middle of this war of conquering Eretz Yisrael. He left Nebuchadnezzar, left, he went all the way to somewhere in Europe and he converted and he was accepted. Even though he killed hundreds and thousands of Jews, once he wanted to come close to Hashem sincerely, Hashem accepted him. Even though he killed so many people, meaning what? That Hashem's compassion is always beyond. Okay? This is in line with what we said in the last class, the last few classes. That the nature of a Jew, that it's the tendency, it's the nature of the human mind to run after and run following the infinite light. And he said at the beginning of the lesson that the infinite light is even beyond the nefesh ruach neshama. What does it mean it's beyond the nefesh ruach neshama? It's beyond your perceptions. What's beyond your perceptions? Is that we said last class, the main thing is the ratzon. Ratzon, the desire to be what's called the Baal Nefesh, a master of the soul, which is the key to reaching the infinite light. It's all dependent that you don't give up. Even though you've gone through so many things in life, so many setbacks, and things are trying to convince you that it's over, but the light is beyond everything. The tendency of the person is to run after that light. So therefore, it's up to you if you choose to continue to pursue this light, which is beyond all the limitations that a human being can go to. And in other words, I still want to connect to Hashem, even though I am as I am, and I've done, sometimes saying, for example, he had a terrible night, and then he comes to davening in the morning, and he's really broken. He starts off the day on the wrong footing. So he says to himself, how am I going to daven? How do I expect to daven as if nothing happened? How? How can I daven now and just make my mind blank as if like nothing happened, everything's fine and dandy? You just went through the most craziest night, and now you're expected to have been good. That's the trick. That's the thing. That's the right self. If you connect yourself to the internet, which means you always see lights, that's the idea. We're going to get to this. Or it's called or insof. Hashem is called infinite light. Why light? Because light gives you hope. The idea of light means simcha, hope, to keep on going. That's why it's called or insof. It's a light. It helps you to keep on going. You choose to stop it. But the tendency is to run after it. The ratzon of the person can constantly connect to it. So with that, what Lusson says in the prayer, we, we, we probably saw it together in the prayer on this lesson, that when it comes Hashem to doing a mitzvah, let me forget about everything. All the crazy things that just happened, it's not me. I have nothing to do with that. I'm now putting on my talit, my tefillin. I'm davening now. I have nothing to do. Yeah, but this, and they start, they start attacking you with all these thoughts. And you keep on saying, this not me. I'm davening now. Excuse me. Excuse me, Atara. I'm now saying Baruch Shamar. I'm now saying Nishmur You can't bother me another time. Not now. I'm now connected to Hashem at the highest level. At the highest level? Yeah, at the highest level. And don't bother me. Don't challenge me. I'm now connected to the Orient Sof right now. Every right to daven like the biggest tzaddik as if nothing happened. What? You're like this. You're like that. And how about this? And how about your son in the school and this and that? I'm sorry, I'm now connected to the infinite light. The greatest expression of Orin Sof is in the morning davening. The morning stages of the morning davening, they're connected to the old ideas of this lesson. And the climax being the infinite light is the Shemone Esra. Okay, it's all stages. And that's the maximum experience in it every day on a daily basis that a Jew connects, can, can connect if he wants to the infinite light is in the davening. That's why it's so hard. It's so hard 
because it is so powerful, the numbering. It is so powerful. That's why Yatsara doesn't want to give in and he makes a person nuts while he's doubling, okay? So this is one idea. Second idea is Rav Nosen connects all these concepts to Hanukkah. He says, basically, the light of Hanukkah is lighting, number one, the light of the tzaddikim, number two, the light of the infinite light, and number three, the light of Simcha. The whole purpose of Hanukkah, and in a sense, this is a preparation for Purim, because we say in Breslau, Purim, Purim, Purim is the biggest time of the year. Even Yom Kippur doesn't match Purim. Yom Kippurim, and that's like the biggest day Yom Kippur. It's not as big as Purim. They make a big deal in Hasidic teachings and in Breslau teachings on Purim. But believe it or not, in the Kabbalah, Chanukah is a preparation. It's a prerequisite for Purim. They say already, the light of Purim starts after Chanukah. There were Breslavers, such as Roshmul Shapira, he and his Hidbodidut, he would start already davening for the light of Purim right after Hanukkah. He would start already saying the prayer, Rav Nassim wrote a special prayer for, for Purim. He would start getting ready for Purim after Hanukkah because Hanukkah activates, initiates the light for Purim. How so? In that, Hanukkah is it's mamish dark. Mamish dark. It's the winter nights. Everything is gloomy and dark at nighttime. We light the Hanukkah lights at nighttime. The, ideally, the, the positioning of the Hanukkah is under 10 fachim, everything is dark, dark. It's darkness, darkness. And there we light the Hanukkah lights. Purim, everybody's drunk, everybody's happy, free food, free money. What is happiness? Prerequisite? It's in the darkness, in the schmutz, to light the lights. So Hanukkah is a prerequisite for Purim. Yes, we believe Purim is big. We're not, we're not, we're not touching Purim. Purim is going to continue to exist. When Mashiach comes, I'm saying in Hanukkah, but it's mainly the emphasis is uh, that they say Purim is lo niftah, right? That's the whole, that's the Gemara's maskana. That, that Purim will continue. Prerequisite is Hanukkah. Hanukkah is while I'm in the darkness still, I'm able to shine the light. That's big. Purim is a preparation for Pesach, I understand. But the Chidush is, I'm in the darkness already. How can I shine light in my darkness? That's Hanukkah. So Rav Nosen has a whole, he goes into it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. He goes into all the angles of Hanukkah connected into this lesson. But basically on a practical level, when you're lighting the light of Hanukkah, you're lighting the light of the tzaddikim, and the light of the tzaddikim is joy. Like the Pasuk says in Mishlei, or tzaddikim yismach. The light of tzaddikim bring joy. So, meaning what? Rabbi says, the only light that exists in this world is the light of the tzaddikim. Everything else receives from the tzaddikim, just like the, the tzaddikim are compared to the sun. The sun doesn't receive light from anyone else except for Hashem. Hashem shines directly into the sun. And then the sun shines into the plants, the vegetation, this world. We have light here thanks to the sun. The sun, directly from Hashem. Tzaddikim, the exact same thing. The light of the tzaddikim comes directly from Hashem. There's no one in between the tzaddikim and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They reach the level where their mama is so refined, they're receiving directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, meaning it's a complete light and a complete joy, or tzaddikim, Yismach. Like the sun is strong, it brings joy to the world, technically the sun, that's what the sun is for. It makes things grow, it makes people function, it gives sight, it gives a pleasure to live, in a sense, that's the idea of the physical sun. So to the tzaddikim, their light Without it shining into the world, there's no simcha. There, in other words, Ramosan says something amazing. If you feel a gishmak, a greatness in learning Gemara and learning Torah, the simcha that you have is not coming from the Gemara. It's coming from the tzaddikim who shine the infinite light. It's not them. Again, it's not about the Zarayr. It's a Gadash Bokhu. The tzaddikim, they shine the or ain't self into your Gemara so that you have a gishmak now. It's a tzaddikim shining the or ain't soft in your lulav, in your tefillin. What's giving you the simcha and the light where you're doing? It's the or ain't soft only. It's unbelievable what says. That person who's learning Gemara and everything, and he's not happy. He's like Tisha B'Av and he's down and he's stuck. Because there's a, there's a, there's a, it's not, it's not meant for the light of, he hasn't, he hasn't made an opening for the or ain't soft to shine into his uh, learning, his davening, his mitzvot. Whereas if someone has emunat tzaddikim, works on, on connected tzaddikim as a beacon 
He's made it clean, his mitzvot, his masim tovim, his davening, his learning, and the tzaddikim cannot use what he's doing in serving Hashem as a kli to shine into it the orein suf. So what we're doing on Hanukkah is trying to activate, because I, I reach, reach Hanukkah, what's the attitude normally of Yidin when we come to Hanukkah? We come dead. We went through so much boxing matches from after Simchat until Hanukkah. We need a break. We need a boost. How I should have designed the Jewish year, the 12 months, is that this Chagim spread out. We don't have all the Chagim together. We don't have now Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, uh, Hanukkah, Purim, Pesach, like Baomer, Shavuot in one boost. It's spread out. Why is it spread out? The light, and then, okay, the challenge, the challenge period. In between uh, Tishrei and Kislev, you have the Cheshvan, the beginning of Kislev, the end of Tishrei, and it's not easy. It's a boxing match, the daily day, the daily grind. Comes Hanukkah, oh, thank you, Hashem. It's another boost to reconnect, to have that light, to have another chance, to have the latkes and the table and the whatever, and the stomach ache and all the funny things, the, funny, the dreidel and the, the, the Hanukkah gelt, whatever, okay? And then another dark period in Purim. And that Purim is already connected to Pesach. It's like one month away. It's Rabbi who says it's a Hachanah for Pesach. And the Sphira period, which is also, you know, the Rabbi Kibbutz Talmidim died in the morning and that. And then, of course, after Shavuot, ah, <laughs> three weeks, great. It's great, right? A long period. Summer plus the three weeks. And then Elul was already beginning a smell of, uh, of Yamim Noim, okay? But how the year is, works is it's spread out that there's a light and a dark challenge period, light, challenge period, okay? So we come to Hanukkah brained, spiritually. You know, you, you start, we, we started the new year, okay, a new year, and then this, a new, more commitments, and then you see, you're like, I'm already half dead, how am I supposed to hold on? And so we need Hanukkah to re-initiate that light. So Hanukkah is lighting the light of the tzaddikim. It's an it's amazing. What Muslim says, Hanukkah is for sure Ruta. It's like two things. It's we're light, we're trying to light, activate the upper light to shine in the bottom. That's why we're lighting the candle below to bring the light down. Shabbos Hanukkah, and Hassan says it's both simultaneously. The Shabbos, when lit Shabbos candles, it's from here going up. And Hanukkah candles is from up down. So that's why after first light the Hanukkah candles and then light the Shabbos candles. Why? Because then you're stuck. If now you light the Hanukkah candles after the Shabbos candles, it's like you're going from down to up and then from up to down. I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to go up. On Shabbos, I want to go up. So Shabbos Hanukkah, we light first the Hanukkah candles to bring the light down. And then we light the Shabbos candles after the Hanukkah candles, where we now we go up with that light, okay? But normally, Hanukkah Licht is up and down. Because what, what's the idea? On my, on my own, I'm not succeeding in being happy. On my own, I'm not to shine enough light in order to be the simcha and the simcha the mitzvah and everything. I need a boost. I need a help. That's Hanukkah light, the light of the tzaddiki. That's why, by the way, we know there's Lamed Vav candles that we love Shamash. Besides the Shamash, we have 36 candles in Hanukkah itself. Those are corresponding to the Lamed Vav tzaddikim, as we know. We're lighting the Shabbos candles, your mamash lighting the light of the tzaddiki. Rav Lossin says in the Kutel the light of Hanukkah is compared to the light, the, the, the tzaddikim are compared to the, the Hanukkah lift. What do we say in the, the Anirot Alalu? Kodesh ve'en lanu reshut lishtamesh ba'em ela lirotam bilvad. Meaning what? The tzaddikim are not for physical hana'ah. He says of Nosen, it's forbidden to use tzaddikim for parnasa and, and physical requests. He says, <laughs> it's powerful. Hanirot alalu kodesh the purpose of the tzaddikim is for sight. What sight? Sight is or. What's or? Or tzaddikim yismach. Simcha. Because when you have simcha and light, you have everything. When you have simcha and light and light, you don't feel your lackings anymore. It doesn't bother you anymore what you're going to have and have parnasa and have kids and have before. If you have light and simcha and light, that's the dot. The light, where person says or, is the aura of the insult, which is that. It's the highest level of that. Okay? And that's what's giving you the simcha in life. It's shining, even though you're not aware about it. When you have a simcha, it's coming from the aura insult, like we said. And the aura insult is a high level of that. We need to get to this, and it's coming up in the Kutim Run. The only way to get to this level of that is by being bounced back. The mate, the the keter, we didn't go into this at all. But basically, light in life that brings simcha, which is light at Sadiqim, is coming from the aura insult. It's shining down. And giving a person that joy. 
So joy, or and da'at are all connected, and the tzaddikim are for that. For that. I told you the story once that the, the Magad of Chernobyl, he came to Breslov, and the whole night there was a lineup for Tvitlich. Yeah. And at the end of the night, the Magid, the Magid Shabu, he complained to his Gabbai, he says, a whole night of people asking for Gashmius. And only one person asked for Ruchmius. He was upset. This was asking for Parusin, Parusin, the Banim, and that's Luchin, the Brut. One guy asked, I want to come close to Hashem. That's what Rav said. On that, he said, the Chidush, these tzaddikim are holy. They're not for physical pleasure. Be smart. The tzaddikim are there to give you the root of the problem. The reason why, and we say French, the raison d'être, the reason why in the first place that you have a difficulty. Something's wrong here. It's blocked. There we go. It's better. It's okay, so the recording is okay. It wasn't okay before. Okay. The reason the 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 reason why a person's having his setbacks in money and parnasa and children and uh, health and all that is because there's a blockage in the or and the simcha. So be smart, aim high. That's what the tzaddik came before. We have no right to use the tzaddik for physical needs because they're they're there to help you for the root or tzaddik mismach. So lighting the Hanukkah candles is again initiating that light. In this lesson, we spoke a lot. You have to be besimcha. You have to find ways to how to be besimcha. And we asked how to do that. And Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, gave tons of advice how to be besimcha. Right. Is it possible that the same, that um, you're not allowed to ask it's physical is when it's only physical, but if you want the physical in order to help you grow, you're only fooling yourself at the end of the day, okay? You're only fooling yourself. You have to be smart. Person has to be smart. Person has to do a do cheshbon and nefesh, and realize Hashem, why is this happening to you? Why? Because you want to bring me closer to you. That's the only reason why I'm going through my difficulties in life. Hashem, you are talking to me through the physical setbacks. Hashem is trying to tell us something. So when we do hitbodedut, what happens is you become super duper honest with yourself. You begin to be honest, you be very honest. Hashem, when you talk out what you're going through, I have problems with this and my wife and the parnasa, and you hear what you're saying to Hashem, it's, it, that's why Rabbi said you can't do it, what do it in thought. You have to articulate it. Why well, have to articulate? Mm -hmm. So you have to hear what you're saying. You have to hear what you're saying. You can't even whisper it. But by articulating it, you begin to hear what you're saying. And you say, wait, and you begin to wake up. I'm asking for this, but I know why this happened. You begin to, what do you need to go to do? I know Hashem. I know this is happening because I'm this and this and that. I know. <laughs> you begin to be, to recognize a recognition, be honest with yourself and realize where it's coming from them having these physical setbacks. Hashem, I know you love me. I know you're trying to tell me something and I have no idea what you're trying to tell me. But Hashem, I'm telling you, I'm totally submitted now. I'm so broken for what I'm going through now. Hashem, whatever you want. I'm not going to want what I want. Whatever you want, Hashem. I'll take whatever you want. Just help me to be happy. And be with what you decide, and to have emuna what you decide, Hashem. I'm willing to be yours. Normally, when you have submission, that opens the doors. Hashem is going to do anything for you already at that point. Normally, that, normally that, when you reach a level that, of that is that that is for sure the wrong way. But isn't there such a concept that you ask Hashem for physical needs like um, money? So uh, like uh, Rabbi told Rav Nosson, Rav Nosson once was lacking. Nosson was missing the button. And he felt it to be beneath his dignity to daven to Hashem about Abayim. Because there's such more important things to daven about. And Rabbeinu told Rav Nosen, what? You think it's beneath your dignity to daven to Hashem, to ask Hashem for a button? So yes, you have to ask Hashem for everything. Okay? Oh, ask Hashem for everything. But then you begin to feel embarrassed on your own about the physical requests. And you begin to ask more on the spiritual requests as a balance. But Sadiqim, be careful. Sadiqim are now the beacon of the light. You know, they're here to help you to come back to Hashem. They're not here, they're not your business manager to invest here, invest money. That's not the, that's not the purpose of the tzaddikim. And if, if it's happening, if it is, if people are turning to tzaddikim for physical advice, and they get at slacha, so now we reach the idea of tzaddikim and true tzaddikim. Now that's a different ballgame now. Looking for a true tzaddik, the true tzaddik is only after your, the source, your source concern. 
your spiritual concern, how to help you get up in the morning, how to help your muna, your simcha, your butachon, your chamayim, your limuda Torah, your midot. That's a true tzaddik now. You go to tzaddikim and they give advice on physical things and they say, they say okay, that's stam tzaddikim. But the, the finest refined levels of tzaddikim, that's already Nechanukah is corresponding to those tzaddikim. The one with true tzaddikim. Hardcore. Hardcore tzaddikim. Hardcore tzaddikim. Huh? Okay? Um, so Russell says basically um, because we, we in this lesson, we try to give so many advice how to be happy. And it's still difficult. But the advice we receive to be happy, where are they coming from? Not from me. They're coming from the tzaddikim. Who's telling us to tell jokes? Who's telling us to give thanks? Who's telling us to put on a nigun and be happy? Who's telling us to look at the future, that in the end everything will be good, and now you can be happy now because of that? It's the tzaddikim in the first place who are telling us the advice. Meaning what? Anyways, the starting point to be happy in this world are the tzaddikim. Anyways, the advice you're getting from them, plus Hanukkah is, is an extension of that. It's all working. I, I learned the books of the tzaddikim. I tried to implement simcha in my life, and it's not moving. Comes along Hanukkah to give you that boost again. Hanukkah is lighting the mamash, the light of the tzaddikim. Rav Nosson says, or tzaddikim yismach. The light of the tzaddikim will bring joy. And also, Yismach is future tense. It can be read as future tense. And he says, the light of the tzaddikim is the light of Mashiach. Mashiach is called Mashiach for a few reasons. One, we're going to now because it's too, it's too long. It's because he's anointed. But also, in Mashiach, you have the words, Yismach. Vashin Sin, Yismach. Or tzaddikim, Yismach. The light of the tzaddikim is the light of the joy of who? Of Mashiach. Mashiach, Yismach. Mashiach is going to come to bring major joy in the world. Right then, but that's the whole thing of Mashiach. He's gonna, what's the big thing Mashiach is going to do to this world, the big change? Is people are going to finally be truly happy. Until now they're trying to, whatever, everyone's upside down. But the future joy will be complete. And we said any joy coming now comes from the future joy. It's emanating from the future joy. We went into that. It's a whole lesson. We went into that. Listen, uh, touched upon it and we went to the little But uh, this is the idea of Hanukkah. That's why Hanukkah is so big, even though it's still dark. I have a son at home, he hates Hanukkah. So it's like too it's too sad. But just Ajaba, it's that's because a person doesn't accept he has darkness, he doesn't want to accept it. When you accept you have darkness in your life, then you appreciate the light of Hanukkah, the light of the tzaddikim. I'm letting it down, and even though it's in a mellow tone. You know, it's like a bit, you know, it's like porn, upbeat. Hanukkah is like, you know, you have to light the candles carefully, and if the family's watching, you have to hear the bracha, quietness. It's like everything. Purim, there's the Megillah Tester, everyone's quiet. But then we go marry, we joke around, man. Part of the mitzvah is to the Sudan, getting drunk. It's it's part of the picture. Here, Hanukkah, the main thing is the Hanukkah candles, right? Fine. There's Halal and the Davening, fine. But the, 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 the attitude of the time of the year, it's dark. <laughs> Hanukkah is dark. Mitzvahs are taking Purim, there's parts mitzvah at night, part mitzvah day. But Hanukkah, the, the big mitzvah Hanukkah, the mitzvah yeah. Hanukkah is lighting the candles at nighttime. We say Alanisim in the davening, fine. Okay, Alanisim in the davening. Fine. So this was just uh, to give you a picture because next week there's no class. Next week there's it's Hanukkah already. So we have to give something yeah. on Hanukkah already. Okay, fine. Now we're going to continue. We have a lot to go into. Oof. Let's hope we have time so, so, to do this. So, so basically, in short, you were, you were saying that the fire itself and the light of Mashiach and Sadiqim are all connected. Oh. Or Sadiqim, Simcha, Da'at, Da'at, Mashiach, yes. oh. lighting the light of Hanukkah, they say is the light of Mashiach. Yes, it's the light of Mashiach. You're lighting the light of Mashiach. 35, okay. 36, 36, not above. Plus the shamash. That's an eight shamashim, right? All right, let's continue. So now we're in Sif Hey. Sif Hey, in the middle. Mamash in the middle. Okay. We'll explain a little more. It's a bit of a review. Period. Therefore, since Hashem sends the Shefa down to this world 
The bracha comes down to this world based on what you want, based on your ratzon. Okay, he said that before. He said in the, in the beginning of, the, of this paragraph that Hashem, when he sends down bracha, it comes in the format of sechel, of intellect, of understanding Hashem, of connecting to Hashem, of seeing Hashem in your life. It's just the people down below change it. So therefore, he's giving you a warning, Rabbeinu. Bechen, therefore, Mishu Baal Nefesh, someone who's a master of the nefesh. What does it mean a master of the nefesh? There's many interpretations. The one that we gave that most applies to us is that even though I like eating and like tithes and lust and everything, but still I'm a Baal Nefesh. I'm still concerned about my nefesh. I'm a master of nefesh, meaning I haven't let what I'm doing in my life and what I want on a physical mm -hmm. level even dent my spiritual ratzon. Make even a dent. Even though I'm acting one way, but I still want to connect to Hashem. I still want to do tshuva. I still want to get up at midnight. I still want to dub a net. I still want to be a kadosh with the orange with the I still want this. I'm not going to say, ah, forget it. It's, not, it's never going to happen. I'm not saying that. Saying, Hashem, I don't know how to do it. I want it. It just it seems impossible. I don't know what to do. And you don't give up the ratzon. That's the Baal Nefesh. We said that last, last class. Baal Nefesh means someone who's a master of developing the Nefesh, which we said is connected to speech. Remember? A living soul, someone who speaks. And what's the idea of the nefesh in speech? The nefesh is the ratzonot and the kisufim. My soul pines and yearns for you, Hashem. Okay? So the nefesh, Rabbi Nachman says in lesson 31, nefesh is yearning. And nefesh is also speech. So expressing your ratzonot, articulating them, that's a Baal Nefesh. Someone who does eat Godedut and expresses what's bothering him to Hashem, that's a Baal Nefesh. Someone who never, has never spoken to Hashem once in his life from his own words. He's reading text. Did you really dub it? He didn't really dub it. Not even once in his life did he really dub it. Just lip service saying the words written in the book, but he's not talking from his heart. That's a Baal Nefesh. Baal Nefesh is someone who's talking from the heart. Okay? So then, therefore, someone who's a Baal Nefesh, Tzarech Lecha Ben Retzono. Such a person has to direct. The word is amazing because it's going to come up again in the second pasuk coming up. We'll see coming up. We're going to see the word is also like the chaven. We're going, well, I'm just mentioning it now, but we're, we're going to go into it when we get to that pasuk. Such a person has to direct. His will, his desire, his ratzon, his kisufin. For what? Don't alternate it. Don't change it. Hashem, give me the Lamborghini. Hashem, give me the exiles. Give me the Bane Don't change it. Leave it in the raw, pure form. Because in that will be automatically everything else. Dat kanita, machasata. Dat machanita. Aim for the dat. Aim for the sechel. You have anyways everything. If you aim for the sechel, you have what you need in life. Hashem will give it to you. Aim, be smart. Aim for the sechel. Intellect. Shemshich begat sechel. Bivchinat. Rabbeinu brings two psukim. There's a rule in learning the Kutemran. There's 18 rules how to learn the Kutemran in depth. One of them is that when Rabbeinu brings two psukim, it's not by chance. He has a reason why he brought a second proof. He brings one pasuk. Fine. I got it. Why a second one? In Torah, one proof is enough. But he's going to do a second one. We'll hopefully go into it. It has a little bit to do with what we said last class. Remember, we said last class, there's two ways to interpret the On one, of the tzaddik himself. The tzaddik is revealing his accomplishments. So he's revealing Torah of what he's perceived already. So that's for the tzaddik. And how about me? Like we said, remember, uh, the classic example we brought is Rav Nosen changes the wording in the Kutemar lesson two. He says the Ikar the main weapon of Mashiach is prayer. And then the in the kids of the Kutemran, and in the book of Kutemran, he says the main weapon, Ikar Isha Yisraeli. One second, Rabbeinu said Mashiach, and you say Isha Yisraeli? So that's Isha Yisraeli, the Jewish man. The main weapon of every Jew is prayer. But one second, Rabbi Nachman did not say that. He said the main weapon of Mashiach is prayer. Why are you, Rabbeinu, changing the wording? Who gave you permission? He has permission. Rabbeinu said to Rav Nosson that all, no one understands Rabbi Nachman except for him, Rav Nosson. And he said, a little bit. But if that's the case, I have to work how Rav Nosson understands 
Rabbi Nachman, not how I understand. So Nelson opens the interpretation and he changes it. What's the idea? That's what I said in the last class, that you can learn the Likute Moran as an interpretation on the Hasugis, the perception, the accomplishments of the Tzaddik, and you can learn the Likute Moran for every Jew. So I have, this is my Chidush, and I, I, I want to I see that it works out. But when Rabbeinu brings two Psukim, one is from the perspective of the Tzaddik, uh -huh. and one is from the perspective of every year. We're going to see, let's see if we can fit in this idea and these two Psukim coming up. There's Sikel Yada, which is Yaakov Avinu with Ephraim and Menashe, which we're going to today. And the next Pasuk from Shratayam, Mikidash Hashem Konenu Yadecha. What's going on here? So, okay, we'll get into that. Hopefully, we'll get to that. First, this Pasuk. What's happening in this Pasuk? Okay. So he said, Rabbeinu says here, someone who's a Baal Nefesh, a master of the soul, someone who cares about his soul, he has to direct his desire to draw down what's called the blessing of intellect. Like it says, Sikel et Yadav. What's the proof here? Okay, what's the story? This pasuk is from Parashat Vayechi, when Yaakov is about to bless the sons of Yosef. He orders Yosef to bring before him, or Yosef brings on his own initiative, his two sons. So he says, bring me your sons, so I can give him a bracha. So when, he gave, you know what I did, Pasuk? We need, we need to see the Pasuk inside. Because there's many, many uh, specific points that you see when you see the Pasuk inside. Here's this courting part of the Pasuk. Look at the whole Pasuk. It's, it's Perak 48, Memchet, verse 14. What he says? It says, Yado al Rasha. I have to see it inside, anyways. <laughs> Let's see. Very good. Okay, sure. Fine. So here, verse chapter 48, verse, verse 17. Right. No, that's not the verse. It's a wrong source. So one second. 14. Sorry, 14. So Vaishlach Yisrael et Yemino. So Yisrael, Yaakov is called Yisrael. He said, it's funny, why, why the word Vayishlach? He's, right, he's standing right in front of him. He should say Vayashet, or Vayasem, Yisrael et Yemino, Vayashet al Rosh Ephraim. So Yisrael sent, what a word, sent his right hand, and he placed it on the head of Ephraim. So it's like this, the Watsair, and he's the, and, and who is Ephraim? He's the younger one. The Et Smolo, and Yisrael's left hand, al rosh menashe on the head of menashe, sikel et yadav. What's this word, sikel? Sikel. We we translate it as switch, but what's the literal translation of sikel? Sechel, like Targum says. Targum Uncle says, achemimin yelidohi. He intentionally and with that, with sechel, his hands. In other words, switched his hands, but it was done with intent. It wasn't purpose. It like it wasn't by accident. Oh, hello. no, Purak, like Yosef thought initially. Don't put the hand here, my father. Put it here. Because he thought it was accidental. But the Pasuk is telling us, Okay. What is Rabbeinu's proof? In other words, he did it purposely, and it shouldn't be like that. Why should it not be like that? Because Menashe is the firstborn. That's what the Pasuk says. Okay. So now, Rabbeinu's proof, first level, what's the proof? Rabbeinu wants to show that the main blessing that comes from the hands, we already proved many times that the hands correspond to bracha. Like we saw the pasuk, Aaron raised his hands and he blessed Am Yisrael. Okay, that's number one. And then also, from the hands of Yaakov, came Misham, came the Ro'e Even Yisrael, the blessing to, to lead that, that Yosef will take care of the stone of Israel, that there should be a continuation from the hands of, of, of Yaakov. We, we said that was in the hands of when Yosef was about to fall in temptation, it was in the hands of Yaakov that saved them, whatever, okay? Abirut. So we saw hands and brachaf. I got that already. But now hands and sechel, that the blessing, Rabbeinu saying here, the main blessing is the blessing of intellect, right? That is this pasuk here, Sikel et Yadav. Rabbeinu is telling us here something amazing. Sechel is the hands. Sikel et Yadav. You read it as the following. Sechel is to be found. The Sikel is Sechel, intellect. The intellect is in the hands. Okay. That's Rabbeinu's proof. Now, when Rabbeinu brings a proof, 
you have questions. Why did you bring a proof from this verse? Okay? You, Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman, his, his ability to bring you a pasuk from the whole Tanakh is unlimited. He, he can bring you a pasuk from the Tanakh, a Gemara, a Zohar, a Midrash, he's unlimited, no problem. He specifically picked this verse with questions on the story. What is the switching in the hands of Yaakov have to do with Sechel? Okay? And why Dafka Ephraim and Menashe? Why did you pick an example of the sons of Yosef? Who's Yosef and who's Menashe and Ephraim? What's going on here? Okay? So there are many questions we have here. First thing over here. The first, the first introduction that really puts everything amazingly clear is what the Norman Melech says. Norman Melech, the highly Norman Melech, on his pursuits is something unbelievable. Yosef is Yosef HaTzadik. Okay? Meaning Yosef HaTzadik is the main one to receive from Yaakov. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the goal is to shine that light into Yosef. That's why this week's parasha, the whole thing of parasha by Yeshev, that Yosef is suffering from the other brothers because they're jealous. Because it says, he ben zekunim hulo. He's the son of his, of his oldness. Rashi says, what's that mean? Everything that Yaakov learned by Shem and Ever, he gave to Yosef. And what? Everything he learned, she didn't give nothing to, to Yehuda, Reuven. They got nothing. They got everything. It says, Rashi says, everything that Yaakov got, everything he got from Shem and Never, he gave over to Yosef. The other brothers didn't have everything. That means it's a special trademark. And Yosef, Yosef, we still do not yet see who he really is, only from last week's parasha that he stood in front of his mother, Rachel, so that Esav shouldn't put his eyes on Rachel. Why, why was Esav interested in seeing Rachel? Because he had heard the rumor already, two daughters to Lavan, Two daughters to Rivka, the oldest daughter, uh, Leah, you know, will go. To, Rachel, when she was, she was switched. After she was switched, they were, they were beginning to say that she's going to go to Esau. Yaakov's going to divorce her and give her to Esau because she has no kids. She was crying. So Rashi brings on the piyut, the payat, like they say on Rosh Hashanah, that she was, she started to, uh, I forgot the wording in Rashi. It's, in, it's a beautiful Rashi. We, we read it every year in Rashi that Rachel started to panic that she, she's going to have no kids. Yaakov's going to divorce her, and then she's going to go marry who? Esau. So Esau already knew about this. He knew that, 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 that possibly she was supposed to be destined for him, originally Leah, but then he went over to Rachel. Fine. And he heard Rachel is beautiful. Yosef already did what? He did he had guts. Not afraid of Esau. Beit Yaakov le what? What does that go again? Beit Yaakov le'esh. Yosef, and then Beit Yaakov, and Esav is the cash. So Yaakov is the fire, uh, Yosef is the flame of the fire that goes far, and Esav is the straw that gets burnt. Right, okay? So that means Yosef is an extension of the fire of Yaakov. Beit Yaakov le'esh is fire and extension. What's the fire in Yosef? He's called Yosef a tzaddik. The term tzaddik did not yet come down until Yosef was around. He's called Yosef a tzaddik. Before him, no one was called, he's not Noach a tzaddik. Noach ish tzaddik haya bedorotav. But he's not called ha tzaddik. Ish tzaddik haya. He was, he was a tzaddik in his generation, okay? Abraham, there's no term at all in the Torah about tzaddik. Yitzhak, no. Yaakov, no. Noach, no. But by Yosef, a tzaddik. He's called a tzaddik. Why? Why is he called a tzaddik? Because he stood up for the test of, of Tikkun Abrid, of sexual purity. That's, that, that's the thing. So he was doing the goal. That's the whole goal of Abraham and Yaakov, is someone who's mastered his midot, totally. To the extent that he's put in the test, okay? Avram and Yitzchak were put in the test, and they were afraid. Avram, when he came to Avimelech Medach Gerar, said, why did you do that? He went to the parol. Why did you do that? Because I was afraid. He said, because I was afraid. Avram said, I was afraid that you might take Sarah, my wife. Right? Yitzhak said also, I was afraid. He used the words, I was afraid. Yaakov didn't have necessarily this test like he had other tests, but this test he didn't have. Who had the test for Yaakov? Yosef. So Yosef and Yaakov are one. That's why Rashi points out in this week's parasha, whatever happened to Yaakov, happened to Yosef. This one, his brother hated him. This one, his brothers hated him. 
This one, they tried to kill him. This one, he tried to kill them, right? This one, he was sold to slavery. This one also was a slave, okay? Rashi says the comparison between them. So that means Yosef is an extension. He brings out the essence of Yaakov. Yaakov can't do it. He needs a son to complete the job. He has to, it's through Yosef. Through this Tosefet, this extension. Yosef is from the wording the extension. Mm -hmm. He's the one who brings it out. He brings out who Yaakov really is. So the Norman says, Yosef represents the continuity of tzaddikim in this world. That's why the parsha goes out of its way, parsha Vayachi, of the blessings that Yaakov specifically gave to the two sons of Yosef. Why two sons? So the Norman says, there are two types of tzaddikim that maintain stability in the world. The tzaddikim are called Menashe Nikin, and the tzaddikim that are called Ephraim Nikin. What is a tzaddik who's Menashe Nik, Menashe Tzaddik? Menashe means a few things. It's like Gid Hanashe, the, the normal says, means going kufetz. She says, Gid Hanashe, we don't eat the Gid Hanashe, the sciatic nerve, because the angel hits Yaakov and it, it kafats, the nerve jumped, it sprang from its place to another level, a higher level, went up, went up to where it normally is supposed to be, and went up. That's why we read Gid Hanashe. So the word Nashe means it's, it kafats. So a tzaddik who's called Menashe is a tzaddik who goes up from level to level. These are the tzaddikim who are involved in their avodat Hashem, involved on, on doing yichudim and Kabbalah and Kabbalah, all the such tzaddikim, tzaddikim. They're Menashe tzaddikim, and it's good. They're tzaddikim who mamash. They've never been in a bank. They've never seen what's called surat matbeah. They've never seen a coin in their life. They're totally detached, totally tzaddikim. These are Menashe tzaddikim, yes. And they're also... Ephraim Tzadikim. Ephraim, why is he called Ephraim? Pru'uvu. That means Ephraim. That Yosef said, why giving him the name Ephraim? Because Hashem allowed me to be fruitful in Egypt, in this land, in exile. So Ephraim is a type of Tzadik who as much more than he's concerned of his own personal growth, he's more concerned of helping other people grow. You hear that? Ephraim is a Chevraman Tzadik. Is a tzaddik who's a tzaddik for himself, Menashe, which the world needs. We need tzaddikim like that because they they manage our beacon of light and they protect the generation. Yes, they're for themselves. They're in their own world, but yeah, and we need them still. Ephraim are the ones who, as much as they already tzaddikim, they mastered on themselves. They're more concerned to help others. Pre, perot, fruit, students, children to get the momentum moving. Now, Yaakov, his main concern is there should be a continuity. What does it help? That there are only Menashe Tzadikim, but it stops in one generation, two generations, that's it. <laughs> it stops. Who's going to make more Menashe? If there's no one teaching, everyone's a Menashe Tzadik, everyone's a Tzadik for himself, well, then what's going to happen to the rest of Ab Yisrael? It'll stop. Maybe one or two, three generations, that's it. I need an Ephraim Tzadik to teach others, to spread the light to others, to give others the taste of light. Okay. So Yosef also, like Menashe, the same mentality. Yosef thought, Menashe is the firstborn. My father put your right hand, the right hand signifies importance. What's more important, the right hand or the left hand? The right hand. So put your right hand on what? It smells nice. Mm -hmm. Put your right hand. It's coming right outside, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need spray? It's a oh, smell that right. doesn't have a, a, a source. We cut off the source now. Mamushas, is that mamushas? So there's a little problem here with the smell. One second. Yeah. But this there, that thing, I can use that. The little uh, sticks. No, 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 but mm -hmm. that can. It's red more. It's uh, a thing that you have to wait until it's very red. It's not All right, okay, we're sick. Here we go. What, what, what is this? Just spray it. Ah! Just spray it, okay? Spray it, please. All right. I'm continuing, okay? Yeah, all right. So, so Yosef thought priority goes to Menashe. Right. Menashe Tzadik, the priority, it makes sense. These are the Tzadikim who are going up and up and up and up, and they're working on themselves and working on themselves and working on themselves. Priority should be to them. Yaakov, the, the, the Sikta Rabati says, that Yaakov putting his right hand on Ephraim, even Yaakov himself didn't know. 
He says, it's Hakodesh. The Ruach Hakodesh guided Yaakov that no, priority is on Ephraim. <laughs> Why is priority on Ephraim? Because the main thing is that there should be a continuity. Okay, Am Yisrael has tzaddikim, big tzaddikim here and there. But for Am Yisrael continue as a whole, and for there to allow there to be eventually other tzaddikim or menashes, you need an Ephraim to allow that to happen. You need a Ephraim tzaddikim to spread, to spread, to spread, to teach. The Chidush is have a tzaddik who has both menashe and Ephraim qualities. That's a Chidush. But a tzaddik on one hand is a Ephraim, but he's also uh, a menashe and an Ephraim. They say that's the idea of Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. Mashiach ben Yosef is the menashe attitude, and Mashiach ben David has nothing to do with Ephraim. Ephraim and David, David is from Yehuda, from Leah. Ephraim is different. Still, there's a connection between David's attitude and, and Ephraim. Okay? Mishnah is unconnected. Rabbeinu says there is a tzaddik who includes in him the energy of both, of both Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef. Okay? Nonetheless, in general, by most tzaddikim, they can have both. You're or, you're or investing, because when you, when you look, or you're looking inwards, or you're looking outwards, you can't do like this. <laughs> you can't have one eye looking at other people to help them, and then one eye looking at yourself. Or you're in, or you're out. So you have tzaddikim who are menashe tzaddikim, and you have other tzaddikim who are farm tzaddikim. Okay, okay. So whose priority? Yaakov said, yadati bini yadati. The Nomad says, Why Yadati Bini Yadati? I know your way of thinking, Yosef. Yadati. I know it's I know something more than what you know. Yadati Bini Yadati. I know what you know, but I know that there's something more important. What's the something that's more important? That the Ephraim attitude in the long run for the continued Am Yisrael, which was Yaakov was concerned before dying, before passing away, he didn't die. Yaakov right? He was embalmed. He's still alive, Yaakov Avinu. As she says, Yaakov Avinu Lomet. Embalmed means like, you know, um, what's the wording in the Chumash? What the Egyptians do, mummified. Mummified, embalmed is the word because they, they put a special type of uh, oil and then they would wrap the body of the mummy. The mummy was after they put on a special oil to prevent the body from uh, decomposition. Yaakov Avinu had that. It says Khanata, that's the word. Khanata is, what does it mean to Khanata? Khanata is also when you like absorb. It's like uh, you you put you put a, a tea in Hebrew, they call the chanot. Khanata, the water absorbs the coloring of the tea and the flavor and everything. Khanata. Khanita also, they put a special oil on the body and absorbs it and it doesn't decompose, whatever. It keeps like that. And, and then it would mummify it. And the, that is the Testament edition of uh, Lomet. No, I'm just saying. Just, no, that's that's all that might have happened. He was embalmed. He never, he never died. So I'm just bringing that up. No, because because if that 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 shot, then all the patterns were also Lomet. <laughs> yeah, you know, as a tzaddik, he already didn't die. Plus the embalming on it. Okay, fine. So um, Yaakovinu, before he he. Uh, he left this world to go to another domain. His main concern was there should be a continuity. That's why he blessed the 12 sons. All I did 12, and instead of Shimon and Levi, he blessed Ephraim and Menashe in place of okay? So Ephraim and Menashe is a blessing for until Mashiach comes, okay? So now he switched his hands, right? What's the switch in our lesson? What's the idea we brought in the beginning of this lesson? Remember? And we are we call the Yitzhara, we call the Yitzhara the exchanged chamber. Which is like In other words, the tzaddik, in order to extract holy sparks, holy souls that are trapped in the evil, he has to do this. The, the main, even though Menashe makes sense, because of the tzaddikim have to bring themselves to the people. That's why today, you don't know who's a real tzaddik. You can't now judge a tzaddik. Oh, he has such a nice trimo. He has such a nice smile in the Rebbe picture. He must be a real tzaddik. <laughs> you can't judge from the external anymore. You have a guy who's like walking in shine like this, and his belly sticking out, and his tzitzit out like this, and his pants like this, and he's missing five teeth, and he's one of the Lamed of tzaddikim. Uh, what happened? He looks like a schlepper, a real shlemazel, but he's one of the tzaddikim. Or like the, the, the story of Rabbi Nachman brought himself. Rabbi Rabbeinu and Chaim Aran told over about the darshan from Brody. 
The darshan from Brody was a story that once the Baal Shem Tov was invited to Brody, and on Friday night they made it. Brody is a city. Brody. Uh -huh. Brody is a city. Okay. The, the Hasidim in Brody, in, the Baal Shem Tov came to Brody, and in honor of the Baal Shem Tov, they made a big tish Friday night, and all the Hashubah Rabbani were at the beginning. At the end of the table was a darshan, a Baal darshan, but he was very fat, very heavy, he ate a lot, and he was at the end of the table. Okay, and he was eating a lot at the table when when they when they brought in like the fish. Yeah. A normal person took one portion of fish. He took two portions of fish. Okay. There were like uh, a soup. He would take two bowls of soup. Everything doubled. So people at the table began to make fun of him. They started purposely bringing him tons of food. And whenever they brought him, he took two portions. Two portions, and they kept on bringing him the same food again and again. And he kept on take, taking two portions until he realized they're making fun of him. And before. He realized they're making fun of him. They asked him to give a drasha. So while he's in the middle of eating, like, okay, and he cleaned himself up and he started giving a drasha. And the people at the end of the table started to crack out. They put their, their face in their, like, their head, like, started to this pop, like, making fun, like, cracking amongst themselves about him. And he began to realize that they're making fun of him. And he said, like this, he said, what? Just because a person eats a shtickle fish, he can't, he can't say Torah? He's not allowed to say Torah? So, Basham Tov, was paying attention to what was happening at the end of the table. And when he saw them cracking up and making laughter at him, and he said, after him, when he said, just because I, I ate a piece of fish, person can't say Torah, the Basham Tov rebuked them to shut up, and he told the Darshan to continue his Drasha. And the Basham Tov listened to the whole Drasha, and then he said to the people around him, this hidden Sadiq receives his Torah from the Leon Aviza Kholetov. Okay? So Rabbi Nachman told this story in order to let you know, you don't know who's who today. You have a fat darshan like this, and he eats like that, and he's one of the lamed, he's a hidden tzaddik. Okay? You don't know. Do you? Know? I was being recorded. I don't want to hear a word of that. Okay? <laughs> the idea is, we, why is it like that? Why is it that the shlepi and this could be one of the lamed of tzaddikim? Because of the switch. Meaning what? Because we're living in a world where everything is upside down, everything is exchanged, Yetzirah fools everybody. Rabbi Nachman says, take it from me, the Yetzirah is working, he's playing games and fooling everybody. And if you think he's not fooling you, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm okay, yeah. <laughs> get ready, we'll find out, okay? Yetzirah gets everybody, he gets everybody, okay? Why? Because he's able to exchange. He does such a good job in the tumult. He convinces you. You know, the falsehood is, is really truth. The pure is really impure. The right is really wrong. He's able to confuse and screw up everybody with their hands. Sorry for saying that. Everyone's upside down, okay? So because of that, Yaakov had to do this. Yaakov had to switch his hands. No, priority should have been Menashe, yes. Because we're living in the time that I foresaw that the main enemy will be the exchange chambers of the Yetzirah. That's how we'll be able to get people to be sad. Exchanges their happiness of sorrow, switches everything around. So the only thing to extract also is that the tzaddikim have to do this. In other words, priority will have to go to the Ephraim. Even though the Ephraim is busy serving other people, busy doing other things, but that's the way. The hidden tzaddik format is how to get the people to come back to Hashem. You need both. Yes, we're not saying you don't need Menashe, you need Menashe. But the main focus now, because we're in Galut, has to be a friend. Yaakov, we saw that. He saw that. That's why he switched his hands. They say it's an exchange. This world, we're being exchanged with the Atira. I have no other alternative. Normally, it should have been like this. Menashe, Ephraim. Yes, priority is Menashe. It should have been like that. But because we're suffering under the influence of the exchange chambers, this is what Mabin was hinting to by bringing Dafka this pasuk from Yaakov, giving his brachot to Ephraim And you notice again Yaakov pops up. Yaakov is going to pop up a few times. Look in the first pasuk, it's in paragraph four. Yaakov told Lavan, and Hashem blessed you because of my feet, the legs. So Yaakov has legs. Yaakov is everywhere. Yaakov is everywhere in this lesson. And then, Midei Avir Yaakov, right? The second, 
from the hands of Yalba Yaakov, and now Sechel. So we have Raglim, the feet of Yaakov, the hands of Yaakov, and now the Birkata Sechel of, ya of, ya of Yaakov, because the hands is two things. This is amazing. It's amazing. The hands on one hand correspond to Chesed, Vuatiferet, which anyways is Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. I'll explain a bit. A bit mm -hmm. yeah, right hand is Chesed. Left hand is Gvura. Together, um, Tiferet. Yaakov Abinu is made up of Avraham and Yitzchak, so it's like the middle hand. We in Judaism, Rabbeinu goes into this in lesson 44, 45, 46. There's a concept of the middle hand, which is joining the two. That's like him clapping the hands. Why clapping the hands is such a big zach? By the Baal Shem Tov, by the Arizal, Ben Yishchai, it's like, you know, you have to, the hands closed. Yes, you're touching them, but closed. But the Baal Shem Tov made a big inyan of clapping the hands in Dabri, to join, separate, join. The Arizal has also joined the hands, but like this. Arizal said to Dabri, out of fear, in front of Hashem, he's saying the Shmon So you see the people do the Kabbalah, the Kubali, and they go like this. But the Baal Shem Tov's insight is this idea of joining and closing, joining and closing, the separation, chesed, and gvorah, and separated energy, and have that idea of clapping the hands, okay? It's a big thing, clapping the hands. We, we never went into this, but it's lesson 44, 45, 46. I gave like a year and a half classes just on that lesson. Those lessons, unbelievable, clapping the hands, okay? But going back, chesed, gvorah, tiferet is Yaakov. And now sechel is what? Chochma binadat. So I'm saying sikenet yadav, this, this, all this we're saying now, is from Rabbeinu Bachir. Rabbeinu Bachir, mm -hmm. and commentaries on Psikta Rabbati, I forgot who exactly. The, the Rabbeinu Bachir was in the Kabbalah also, the Chumash, she goes into this. So Yaakov had two things. He had Chesed Gurati Ferenc, that's, mm -hmm. that's the Yadayim, and he had Sikelet Yadav. Yaakov was transferring Sechel into his hands, into Ephraim mm -hmm. Menashe, Sechel being what? Chochma Adat, meaning Yaakov was so complete, we say in the in the in the slichot of Ervosh Chodesh and also in the slichot before Shlana, I said, "Aman, right? Rachamana it karlan b'shut Yaakov Shleima, Shleima. He's complete. Why is he? He has he has everything. Yaakov. He has the legs, the raglim. He has the hands, and he has the sechel. He has chokma binadat also. Sikelet yadav. He was able to transfer the chokma into Ephraim and Menashe. That was his goal." The chance of the Sechel into Dafka Ephraim and Menashe. And the main emphasis is Ephraim. Who comes from Ephraim? Yoshua. Yoshua comes from Ephraim. Who is Yoshua? He's the one who brought Am Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. He was chosen to be after Moshe Rabbeinu, after the Da'at revelation of Moshe Rabbeinu. You would think, pick somebody big, a big Tamit Chacham. No, Yoshua was chosen. And why was he chosen? What does the Midrash say? Why, why was Yeshua chosen? Because the Midrash says he's the one who set up the binkalech. He set up the benches and the baby midrash when they're traveling the desert. Who, who, who poured the nana, the, the Moroccan tea? Nana. Mm -hmm. Who poured the tea and gave the cookies and set up the benches for the Chachamim who came to learn? It was Yeshua. Because <laughs> he's sticking out of That's what the Midrash says why he was picked. Okay? And Yeshua is who? The Talmud. We can go on and on and on. We won't, we won't stop. The idea of a Talmud is what? We have a pattern of Rebbe and Talmud repeating many times. Moshe, Rabbeinu, Yoshua. Then you have Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And who wrote the Zohar? Actually wrote the Zohar. Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Abba, his student. Rabbi Abba is thanks to him that we have the Arizal's writings. And we have the Baal Shem Tov. You have the Arizal's over. Who wrote all the kids in Ari? Who's the one responsible for giving us the Arizal? And who they say about only from Rav Chaim Vital. From anyone else, it's wrong. It's Rav Chaim Vital, the students. You have Rabbi Tami, the Arizal, Rav Chaim Vital. And then we go on with Chassidim. We go on the smartest of the Chassidim. We have the Malshem Tov and the name, Dov Ber, the Magid Mizrich. Who is the main teacher of the Malshem Tov's teachings that had a beauty? Magid is the responsible for all the main Talmudim of the, the Baal Shem Tov, all the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov. It's Magid. And now we have also a Rabbi Nachman. Without Rabbi Nachman, there's no Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman said, if it wasn't for Rabbi Nachman, not even a page of Geniza 
of Shemus would have been left of me. You hear that? If it wasn't for Avnosin, Rabbeinu said that himself. If it wasn't for Avnosin, not even a page of Geniza would have been left from me. What's going on here? Again, a Rebbe and Talmud. But why? Why can't there just be Moshe Rabbeinu, period, and then Rabbi Shimon Baruchai, period, Arizal, period, okay? Baal Shem Tov, period. Maybe not. Why do I need the Talmudim? Because of this. You hear that? Because of Ephraim. Right hand on Ephraim. Ephraim is the Talmud. The Talmud. The Tzadik was the Talmud. He's, he's out. To, what is a Talmud? It's like Boleu Mashke. The Eliezer was called the Damesek and the Ezer. Because he was like a Talmud to Abraham Abinu, in a sense. And Rashi says, why was he called Damesek? Damascus Eliezer. What's Damascus? Damascus. Damesek stands for an acronym. Dole Umashke Mitorat Rabo. He was able to dole, to pour, and then give others, mashke, to give others a drink from the Torah of his Rebbe, which is Abraham Avinu. So too, a student is called Damesek, in that sense, Damesek Eliezer. Like Yoshua, he's called uh, Damesek, in a sense. Because they give over. That's the idea of a student. He's a tzaddik, yes, but it's not enough to have to spread. So this idea of security that the importance is on the head of the Talmud, on the Yeshua. Ephraim Nick. Ephraim Nick is Yeshua Nick. And why is it like that? Because the light of the tzaddik is too intense and it doesn't help in the exchange chambers. It'll just melt everything. Because we're in exchange chambers, the light of the tzaddik is so intense and strong that you can't get anywhere with it because it's too, too bright. So we have to exchange. We have to give a priority to the Talmudin. Minash is like the tzaddikim in a sense. And the is like the Talmudin. So we give an emphasis of learning more from the Talmudin, more than the tzaddikim themselves. You hear that? Because the, the, the filtered light that can give you uh, direction while you're exchanged, while you're in the domain of being exchanged, is from the Talmudin. Mm -hmm. okay? So this is also being hinted in Sikhilat Yadav. Uh, coming up again, we'll see Yaakov Avinu pop up a few more times. Okay? And if we look back, we can find and can trace, maybe even before we can find Yaakov Avinu in the idea of the Shmutz. You know, when the mitzvah stuck in the, the Galut, they have to bring it up to the legs. Because only started Yaakov by the legs. We'll see. Okay, that was, that was it for now. It was wow. pretty intense. You're at Son. We should have a beautiful Hanukkah. And we should have the light of Hanukkah shine. And we should have Simcha and light for the entire year. Or oh Tzadikim Isma. Remember that passage from Mishlei. The light of the Tzadikim brings joy. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All the best. Wait, 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 wait.